What's good, everyone? Welcome to Geeks Who Watch Football. I am your host, Jeff Jackson. It's a little bit later this week, but we are going to be releasing a football episode. I'll be joined momentarily by Paul Thompson. We'll be coming on to review the NFL Week 10, giving our thoughts as well as covering the recent Patriots-Falcons matchup that happened on Thursday night. But before we get into that, just a quick reminder, this is Geeks Who Watch Football. We post on the Facebook page every week. I also upload two episodes a week, one covering video games, one covering football. Be sure to like, be sure to leave a review. In addition, this also uploads anywhere that has a podcast. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you find it, uh, please subscribe. So then it uploads right to your phone. I also upload this to my Facebook page and to uh, my Twitter handle, which is at MadTitan1018. So be sure to check it out. Also, a few days ago, we launched the uh, Me and the Jackson Family Ranked the Pokemon Generations. We took on the daunting task of ranking the eight generations of Pokemon. So be sure to check that out as well for those of you who want to, you know, get your gaming fix. But before I have Paul join, though, I just want to give my tiers of the NFL teams because this year has been particularly different than other years. There's some years where it's, you know, very top heavy where you have teams. I remember the one year a long time ago, you had the Saints and Colts, which were like almost undefeated. They were like, I think they finished 14 and two, both of them. And but the problem with that is when you have a lot of top tier teams, you have a lot of bottom of the barrels. This year, I feel like. It's really hard because there's so many teams in the scrum. But not only that, we have an extra game schedule, so it's 17 weeks. In addition to that, we also have teams that have had lots of injuries this year. So, and this is just ranking the good teams. I feel like the best way to do this is by tiers. Tier one would be only one team on the top right now, which is the hottest team in football. And I feel like they're the only team recently that hasn't stubbed their toe, and that's the Tennessee Titans. Yes, they lost their MVP of their team with Derrick Henry, who was a force. He was, you know, their whole offense was built around him. People like myself weren't sure how Ryan Tannehill would respond. You know, because they feed so much off of that play action. Their defense is hot and cold, but they do play in a weak division in the AFC South. Houston's probably going to be, you know, the Houston Texans are probably going to be picking first overall or the Lions, one of the two teams. But I don't know. I just think the Titans right now, yeah, they had an ugly loss to Seattle and the Jets, which looked like bad losses early on. But we were to do this like college football. They haven't really lost since. They've been kind of on a hot streak. They've beaten some really impressive teams. Like I said, they beat the Rams, they beat the Bills. Like, they're the, I have to give them they're in a tier of their own because they just haven't lost yet. Now, the lack of Henry, I think, will eventually come back to bite them. But for now, I can't because they keep winning. Then I think there's another tier after that. And there's two teams on this tier. And this is the, they would be in tier one, but they lost games recently. And it was due to their quarterbacks being out, whether it be due to COVID violation or injury. And that is the Arizona Cardinals and the Green Bay Packers. Both teams lost recently in the last two weeks, but it was due to their quarterbacks being out. The Packers lost to the Chiefs with because Rodgers violated COVID protocol. He wasn't vaccinated and wasn't wearing a mask. But I firmly believe if Rodgers played that game instead of the Jordan Love, they beat the Chiefs. They still kept it close. And that was with Rodgers being out and Mason Crossbar. I call him Crossbar. Uh, missing all of his kicks. So... They're still a really good team, but once again, it's I have to knock them for losing, but their quarterback was out. And the other team is the Cardinals. Kyler Murray missed last week. They lost last week. That team is very reliant on Murray. 
And while I think they are starting to come unhinged, I can't knock them because their quarterback wasn't playing. So if they lose a Kyler Murray this week or next week, I think that'll bring them down a tier. But for right now, these two are the next tier. Then you have the third tier, which is the giant scrum, which are the Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys, the Baltimore Ravens, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, I feel like these teams are all in a scrum together and that they've had really ugly losses, but they're still Super Bowl contenders and they're still capable of a deep playoff run. The Buffalo Bills had an ugly loss to Jacksonville, but then they rebounded versus the Jets. The Baltimore Ravens were on a nice streak, but then they stubbed their toe against the Dolphins on Thursday night football. The Dallas Cowboys bounced back nicely against the Falcons, but then they had an ugly loss prior to the Denver Broncos where they got slapped. And then Tampa Bay obviously lost to New Orleans, and then they just recently watched the Washington football team, so they're on a little bit of a skid, but they're still, they still have a Super Bowl-caliber roster. And these are the teams that I believe have stubbed their toe recently and are in a little bit of a slide, but most of these teams rebounded, and I think they're still going to be at the uh, at the big dance at the end of the year. And then there's obviously other teams, but I'm not going to go all the way down to the bottom of the barrel. I just wanted to put that out there before I bring Paul on. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we're going to bring Paul in right now. And joining me once again for another week of football fun is Mr. Paul Thompson. Paul, how you doing? Did you sure. stay awake during that uh, Falcons-Patriots game? Because I sure as hell didn't. No, I did not as well. I uh, actually shut it off. That was that was pretty a pretty b- bad showing by the Atlanta Falcons last night. <laughs> now, I figured while I had you on, because obviously we want to cover the AFC East and get into it. You know what I mean? Uh, the Patriots did win 25-0. to you know, Mac Jones is 22 at 26, 207 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Um, their dominant two-headed rushing attack showed its face, too. They had uh, Ramondre Stevenson, 12 carries for 69 yards, which is just under six yards a carry. It's 5.8, technically. Damian Harris had 10 carries for 56 yards for 5.6 yards a carry. That's like their main two backs. They like to do the dual threat there. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, Paul, were complete, and I know you love it when I use this term. They were Their offense was dog shit. Yes. Exceptions. Matt Ryan was 19 of 28, 153 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks. We got to see the chosen Rosen go in and throw a pick. And then we got to see old Felipe Franks. I wasn't even awake for this. Zero for one, no yards, one pick. <laughs> Woo. So and I give credit because New England's defense is here. But before we get into all the nitty gritty, Paul, I wanted to ask you one question. And I – don't want to influence you one way or the other because I feel very strongly one way, and you can probably guess it. Paul, are the Patriots AFC contenders? And what I don't mean AFC, I don't mean AFC East. I mean AFC conference contenders like ESPN and everybody is saying. Ooh, good one. Okay. Because if you just said AFC East contenders, you have to say uh, – the, 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 I would have to say yes, uh, AFC East contenders, only because what the record is is what the record is. You know, you know they, they, they are staying right there with the Buffalo Bills. No, but mean, AFC contenders, no way. No way. Someone will figure them out. Um, what I did see last night, what I was able to stay awake for, uh, Atlanta Falcons ran a very generic defense. You could see it. There was there was no giddy up in Mac Jones's uh, um, 
uh, uh, playing ability. It was all first read options. Uh, he, he, it was all simple stuff. It was all, you know, uh, sending receivers into motion, clearing out uh, secondary players for the Atlanta Falcons, and then just running into that direction. A lot of flats, a lot of curl routes. Like you, you said, uh, what was his numbers again? He was 22 of 28 for 200 and something yards. Yep, 207 yards. Again, that's that's um, like I wouldn't give him the nickname Captain Checkdown, but that wasn't really that impressive. I did see a couple of impressive throws, and yeah, that's what you expect out of somebody. But it, it, championship teams will find ways. I was really shocked at how vanilla it was. More like the defense, like the Atlanta Falcons were just us, you know, uh, one tier below what the Patriots are doing, um, and you know the old adage. Good teams find ways to win. Bad teams find ways to lose. And last night was more of Atlanta finding a way to lose, and for the uh, Patriots finding a way to win. Um, they, they, you know, and I think I think at halftime, what was it, thirteen to nothing? And how many times they went into the? Uh, uh, how many times? How many plays they ran on the Atlanta Falcons side? And they only had thirteen points to show for it. Nope. So, uh, getting back to your original question, no, I don't see it. I, I don't see. Um, I'll be shocked if they win um, win a playoff game. I, I can see them making the playoffs. Um, I'll uh, we can narrow down my my answer when we get closer to the playoff picture when we start seeing it. But um, I'm thinking about the dogs, the you know the competitors at top, you know at top of the list ahead of them. I can't see it, especially if they have to go on the road. They have to go to Buffalo. They would have to go to you know um, you know like San Diego or. Uh, Las Vegas, or you know, heaven bid they have to go to Tennessee, or even the Kansas City Chiefs for that matter. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs make it. So, um, no, you can't count them out. I mean, it is Bill Belichick. It is um, uh, Chase McDaniel's uh, uh, offense. He's running and all that stuff. Yeah, they they've been there. They can you know there there is something there, but. Um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised one way or the other if they were a first round exit or if they win at least one playoff game. But seeing them in the Super Bowl, um, you know anything's possible. You gotta get hot at the right time. But if, if you had to put a gun to my head and say you think the, the Patriots are gonna make it to the Super Bowl, no way. I would vehemently say no. I agree with you 100%. <clears throat> but there's about three tiers, and this is why I wanted to start with this, so then we could break it down game by game. Um. I agree with you with the Atlanta defense. I think they relatively still played well enough to keep them in the game. Atlanta's offensive line got absolutely destroyed. I think before I get into playing complimentary football. Yeah. The Patriots defense, I think you are right. They are a legit top 10 defense and they showed it. Great defense. But I agree with you where their offense is still too vanilla to where when they get to the playoffs, they are going to be beaten because great teams will take away that run game. They will make Mac Jones. What what bothers me with the Atlanta defense, Paul? Even pass game. Yep. Is and I want to address that one. The only pass Mac Jones threw over twenty yards was picked. Right, that was number one. But number two is why aren't they? Why why didn't Atlanta play them like Buffalo played Miami? If you're only if you are because let's be honest, you and I both know this. They are not a threat to throw over the top of you. Right. They are a very yep. much. Why are team? Why was Atlanta not stacking the box? Why? Yeah. Was, giving them that five yard out every time you saw the five yard slant Paul, you saw like three, four yards of separation. They were playing, they were sitting. Why aren't they sitting on those routes and jumping them? I would. Yeah. A lot of zone. But deep. Like, yeah. 
there was no contested catches. They were giving him underneath all day, and I don't understand why. There's no deep threat on their team. Not even just Mac Jones in general. There was no deep threat. So it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, And I think when they play a team like Buffalo, and I don't just mean the Bills, but Titans, that's what they're going to do. They are going to stack the box, and they are going to – They're going to shift the line even even that matter. You're not even stacking the box. They're going to have some exotic formations. It, they were Atlanta wasn't even shifting. It just line up, you know, your your five guys against our four guys. I think I think they were running a four three defense last night or a three four, but it was it was even you know you know overload one side of the line and you know like the Patriots were doing. They 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 were they were disguising a lot of stuff. Guys were coming in on blitzes and stuff and getting. Atlanta didn't do any of that, which was like you said, it was amazing that they weren't jumping routes because it looked like they were they were just kind of lining up and just. Taking what the Patriots gave them, and Patriots gave it to them. Four picks is impressive, and they're deep. Like I said, their offense is very efficient, and I want to give them credit because I still consider this a rebuilding team. This is still a very – I agree with you. I think they're definitely AFC East contenders given their record, and I think they are a playoff team, so I was wrong. I think they are going to be a wild card team, but I agree with you. I do not think they're going to win a playoff game. I think they'll be a one and done, or if they do win, they'll lose the next round because I don't think – I just think even the Chiefs, like you said, I think would give them fits. I think a team that's dialed into them for the playoffs. And I want to know something when people say they've been red hot, right? What if I told you, Paul, this was their wins in a row? They have beaten the Jets, the Texans, the Jets again, and the Browns. And now Atlanta. Every other team above 500 they've lost to. They lost to Tampa. They lost to Dallas. You know, they've lost it. And I know they haven't played Buffalo yet. They lost to Miami. Miami's not above 500. We know how Miami is. But it's like they have yet to beat a team over 500. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, they, they did beat uh, – I'm going to give you credit. I'm not trying to steal any of your thunder. They did beat the uh, uh, San Diego or San Diego, Los Angeles uh, Chargers oh, there. That's right. Yeah, you're right. But here, let's take the caveat. Um, where are the Chargers going? They've been kind of sputtering. Yeah, they beat the uh, Eagles, but we all know who the Eagles are. We're, no one's afraid of the Eagles. And, you know, they only beat them by seven points. It wasn't like a blowout anyway and all that other stuff. So, the the that you know, at the time, everyone thought the, the Los Angeles uh, Chargers, you know, we're going to, you know, battle out for a number one seed in the AFC. Now we're, we're, we're questioning if they're even going to make the playoffs because if they don't make the playoffs – that's because they lost to the Patriots. You know, the Patriots start that last that last stop, you know, that last seat in the playoffs. And only because virtue of the, you know, the window they have over the uh, Chargers there. So, but I, yeah, you are absolutely 100% correct. We're going to find out the proof in this pudding real fast with their upcoming schedule. Twice. And they have, uh, what's it called, too? There's one more team in there they have. That's when we're going to see if they're for real. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even the Browns, even the Browns, I thought that was an impressive win against the Browns, but even against the Browns, uh, you could say the Browns now are sputtering, you know, and now after that loss they had last Sunday, you could say the Browns, you know, who the hell are the Browns now? We thought they were going to win the, uh, or contend for the, uh, AFC North. Not anymore. I, I think they're, I think they're going to be lucky if they even make the playoffs. They're in our team that I'd be, I'd be mildly surprised if they even make the playoffs. No, I'll give the Patriots credit. It is an art form. You beat the teams you're supposed to, and that's what New England has done very well this year. They have beaten, with the exception of Miami, they have beaten the teams they're supposed to beat. Yeah. So, he's a playoff team, and I think next year I'm excited to see where they go because this is a good opening year. 
I always regarded Mac Jones as a high floor, low ceiling prospect. And people keep expecting this huge jump. I don't think we're going to see much of a jump, actually, in Mac Jones next year. That's what I think people got to get. And I think Mac Jones, Paul, I sent you the graphic. I think he's played like – I think the problem with Mac Jones is he's being overhyped because everybody else it's happening. Mac Jones, to me, Paul, is playing – he has 14 touchdowns and eight interceptions, and people are talking about him like he was Justin Herbert. People forget Justin Herbert set a rookie record. Justin Herbert threw over 30 touchdowns. Like, Mac Jones has 14 touchdowns, eight picks. And that's not bad by for a rookie. I'm not saying that's horrible. That is pretty good. But that puts him in line with Jalen Hurts. But if you talk to the fan base, and that puts him in line with, like, Tua. But if you talk to the fan bases or the, the media, they're all saying Jalen Hurts is a bust, get him out of here, and Tua's a bust, get him out of here. But Mac Jones's stats are eerily similar to those two players. Very similar. Agreed. Agreed. It just goes back that he's just a system guy. We don't have any tape. There's no – yeah, they have college tape on him. They don't have NFL tape on him. They didn't know – you know, you know, he, he's getting the um, the rookie um, uh, uh, luck right there. And he, he's just he, – he's able – you know, he's just doing things that, you know, wait until next year. You just wait until next year when uh, – we know these guys. Well, We've seen it. We got tape. We know. I, I don't see anything special. Um, if – before we move on to the Jets and the Buffalo Bills game, I want to get to about the Patriots, and this is what boils my blood, Paul, or burns my ass about it, is with Mac Jones, the I'm just mad because they all say, well, they, they put up the graphic right at the beginning of the game. Joe Buck's like, well, he's won more than the other rookies. One look at the situation, but before I get into that is now – I know what that line you're doing because I was seeing the same thing. I, I saw that stat line uh, last night as well. I know exactly all the stats. All of a sudden, he was he's six and what? They're six and four now, or are they seven and four? I think they're what seven and four. They're seven and four right now. But at the time when Joe Buck was doing that um, that graphic, that was six and four. And he has a top five defense, not top ten even. I think their defense is ranked top five right now. But anyway, yeah. top five defense, six and four, right? And they're all saying it's Mac Jones and Belichick, but which it is Belichick and Mac Jones is efficient. He's driving the bus. I'm giving him credit, right? Because he's not making the mistake to cripple this defense, but. Tua last year, Paul, if you remember, went six and three as a starter. Nobody gave him praise at all. They all said because Miami had a top 10 defense, this defense is what's driving the bus. Tua sucks. Get rid of him. You need to go get a quarterback. What's the difference? You know what I mean? Tua was playing efficient ball against, with the exception of Buffalo, where he played like shit. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, we're never we're never gonna escape this, Jeff. We're never as a Bills fan and as you as a Dolphins fan, we're never gonna escape this. It'll be a long time. We're gonna need twenty years of the Dolphins and Bills winning from the to to, to build that culture, that that pedigree. That's what they talk about the pedigree. You know, I, I see it as a Yankee fan. You know, everyone wanna lay lay praise, and then you know they make excuses when you know when the Yankees don't do it. Uh, same thing with the Patriots. Uh, you're like, what am I missing here? Mac Jones has the exact same stat lines as Tua, except for he's on, you know, uh, uh, okay, he's not a Super Bowl winning team. None of these guys, I don't think, I don't think they, you know, they probably have five guys on the roster playing on the field that actually have Super Bowl rings. I think they have more coaching, more coaches on their staff that have Super Bowl rings than they actually have players that have Super Bowl rings. That's um, <laughs> Yeah, or you get a fifty-three man roster. I think you, I think each team only has like six coaches, six or eight coach, you know, six to ten coaches. Um, 
So with that being said, we're just never going to, we're not going to get out of that shadow, you know, because uh, if anybody has a huge gripe, this is, you know, what are you talking about? The Patriots haven't done anything yet. You're already crowning their butts. Yep. Won the division last year. Who swept the Patriots and not only swept them, kicked their butts. Yep. The Bills, you know, what are we, chopped liver here? You know, we, we were, you know, we were we were thirteen and three last year. We were you know thirty minutes from going to the Super Bowl. We had the lead at halftime in Kansas City. It was a small lead. It was nine to seven, but we were actually winning that game. If this is Tom Brady, I would understand the hype still. But this is not Tom Brady anymore because Brady plays it's for the Bill Patriots. Belichick. It's the Patriot pedigree. Yeah, That's all it is. Yeah, it, it, That's play. what I realized with this season. It's it's yeah, like when and Patriot- Alabama. Paul and I are both saying, because Paul was the first one to say they have a better defense than Buffalo. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And so Paul's been giving their defense love, and their running game is effective. But what Paul and I are saying is, we're talking about in the playoffs why we're saying they're overrated. We're not saying they're a bad team. Paul and I are both saying they're a playoff team, and Mac Jones is having a good rookie year. But and the problem is uh, – in between. So when Mac Jones plays like shit against Buffalo, which he probably will, everybody's going to say he sucks, get him out of here. And Paul and I are going to say, well – most quarterbacks have had their worst statistical game against Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like, it's like Paul and I will be propping them up then. It's like the answer is in the in-between. Because right now, Mac Jones isn't even running rookie of the year, Paul. It's going to go to Jamar Chase. Like, or if it's not Jamar Chase, it's going to go to Rashawn Slater, the tackle for Chargers. Like, you know, it's like one of those things where the word Paul and I are just saying the Patriot fans pump the brakes. We're not – overrated teams can still be good. I, Paul and I just don't feel like they're a Super Bowl team or an, even an yeah. AFC championship game. And there's no shame in that. They're in what? Year one or year two of the rebuild. Like, like and, off the breaks. And the proof is in the, in the, in the pudding. The, the, the problem with the podcast is we can't show video or any of that stuff. They, you know, you, you know, they, the old saying, you know, defense and, and the run game wins championships. You know, what are you talking about, Paul? What are you talking about, Jeff? You said they have an amazing run game. They have amazing defense. Defense is going to keep them in games, but once teams figure out this offense, the run game is going to dry right up. Like this offense is just too vanilla right now. And um, and then when you get when the chips when you get into the playoffs, um, I experienced this uh, last couple of years. No, you know, no ill respect towards the host here and his Dolphins, but um, <laughs> it gets a lot tighter. You know. It almost not every play is going to make it or break it for your team, but it, it certainly feels that way. Like the margin of error error shrinks tremendously. So what that means is you need to have a, a damn good quarterback. And Matt Jones is not going to, you know, because you know, oh, you know, look at all the formulas for success. Have a great defense and run it, especially in January when the weather is bad. You get to the Super Bowl that way. It 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 just doesn't pass the eyeball test. That's the easiest way to saying it. This Patriots offense just does not pass the eyeball test. You, you know, the stats say it and all that stuff. Yeah, they're running the ball. But that's because Atlanta wasn't playing. They weren't playing that. And then after a while, they were getting gassed. So, you know, you're going to rip off big runs um, on, on this team, which you saw. Um, because I remember in the first half, there was quite a few uh, uh, run plays that were actually for a loss. So, um, yeah. I, I agree your with stick, I when you. When your measuring stick is, you know – uh, you know, craptastic measuring stick with Atlanta Falcons, the Houston Texans, and the Jets. Um, all right, so there's a little bit of anomaly with the Browns. 
Um, but um, I think the Browns right now are uh, um, really in a tailspin. So when you when you got stuff like, like that going on, it's really really hard to 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 you know to to, to gauge a team. Wait, like you said, wait until they play the Bills. Wait until they play the Titans. Wait until they play the Colts, which are all on the schedule. All next three games. Yep. So I'm not sure, but yep. Um, eat crow and happily eat humble pie and the Patriots have a chance to shut us up but you know what this team reminds me of Paul because people can say well Denver did it right when they won it with Peyton people could do the infamous Trent Dilfer won it Brad Johnson won it right and I'd be like this or Brady won it back in the early 2000s that way in 2002 I would say to them this those teams all had a hall of fame defense and a hall of fame running back and I don't see New England's defense is very good this year Paul they're not hall of fame good to carry that through in my opinion, I, you know what this team reminds me of, Paul? I don't think of those teams as that, right? When they say this team, I think of them as the Denver Broncos of the late nineties, early two thousands with Jake Plummer. Remember they always. Yeah. When you originally said the Denver Broncos and then you said, Hey Manning, I was actually thinking the Jake Plummer. when you said that, that was so funny when you, uh, I was actually thinking that when you said that originally, when you said Denver Broncos and then you put in Miami Dolphins, take your pick when Miami would for years get in and be out in the first round in, out in the first round. And they had a good defense. So did yeah. the Broncos and they both had good Jack money. Thomas and, you know, uh, Jason Taylor for the Dolphins there. And uh, I'm forgetting a few other names, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Chancellor and Madison and Denver, even they had Champ Bailey. They had what's it like? They had a good defense. Like it was just the fact that the quarterback play, like. You can run the ball. Remember when they had Clinton Portis for the yep. Denver Broncos and they had all fame coach with Mike Shanahan. Yep. Yep. Be the chiefs with Alex Smith, right? They would get there and they'd be out. Get there and be out. And what are people like? You notice the trend here, Paul? It's not even the running game because everyone keeps saying, well, Paul, the running game's good. Like you said, Paul, when you have a limited arm or average quarterback, that's what happens. With the well, the run game was good, again, because last night, because, you know, there was, there was no exotic look on defense. They weren't sending pressure. They weren't overloading a side. They were just, you know, they were like basketball players. You're going to set up the post and, you know, we're just going to wait for you to run at us. We're going to tackle you when you, when, you know, when you get to this spot, they weren't they weren't meeting the ball carrier. They were like, "Well, we'll just tackle you when you when you come to me." Five yards uh, past the line of scrimmage. Yep, and I don't think defenses are going to give them that for when they play better ones. But speaking of the AFC East, Paul, I figured we get to your Bills, and this is the Paul was right segment because huh. last week Paul and I were saying just a week ago to pump the brakes on Mike White. You know, because everybody said he should have been the first overall pick. I mean, he said that, but everyone's like, is there a quarterback controversy? Should Zach Wilson get the bench? Um, Mike White went in the Buffalo. He was 24-44, 251 yards, no touchdowns, four picks, right? The rushing game was limited. Michael Carter, which is impressive by Buffalo, 16 carries for 39 yards and a touchdown. But Carter did get 40 yards through the air. Um, But... That's impressive since Carter has been one of the pleasant surprises of the Jets. You know, they did give up a couple big passes to Corey Davis, but Davis also fumbled the football away. So that's a negative in my book. Um, Paul, because this Bills was an utter beatdown. This is the most points, and you probably already know this is a Bills fan. This is the most points they've scored against the Jets since 1979. I did not know that. I knew it was probably up there. I, I didn't look into it, but I didn't know it was since 79. Damn, that's pretty Paul, good. That's 45-17. Paul was – my question to you is, because we're going to focus on the Jets first, and then we'll turn over to Buffalo, because this is a good rebound for Buffalo after, you know what I mean? This is a good bounce-back game for them. For the mm-hmm. Jets, is Mike White really this bad? Is he who we thought he was, 
or is this a you know what I mean? Who you and I thought he was, or who he thought he was, if we were uh, the pundits out there and the fan base? <laughs> yeah, right. Is he who he thought he was, or is he thought like you could answer both parts of it if you'd like? But you know what I mean. I figured I'd give it to you on this one because I feel like Mike White is a traditional backup quarterback, meaning he has a game or two that is good against them. Now, to be fair to him, I'll defend him in one aspect. Buffalo has been; they have the number one pass defense in the NFL. And they have made every quarterback their worst game. Patrick Mahomes is Tua's. Everybody's worst game has come against Buffalo this year. Like, yeah, they have been tremendous at limiting quarterbacks. That being said, my question to you is this though, because you had one game where Mike White looked like the coming of Joe Namath and the other game where he looked like the old Joe Namath, you know, four picks. Where do you see Mike White lying in this game? Did this game show you anything? Yeah, it did. Showing me Mike White as the old Joe Namath that he is what Jeff and Paul said he was. He was nothing more than maybe a mediocre backup. I saw a lot of trash play out of him. Sorry, Jet fans. Got to burst a bubble. Mike White ain't no, he ain't the second coming of Joe Namath. He, he's not even the Ken O'Brien. He's not even, you know, a Brett Favre. He's Brett Favre the last four games of the season for you guys. Um, nope, he's done. He's out. And Robert Sala, he should be out because he Monday morning he stuck with Mike White, and then he even he threw him overboard. By Wednesday, he said Joe Flacco, That's who's been there for like a hot minute, is starting over him. They're going with the old crazy Fluco Flacco, whatever you want to call him. I forgot, you know, what his nickname is nowadays. Um, they're going with him. It just shows. Yep. And um, yeah, he, you know, Mike White. Uh, I'd be surprised if he dresses for the Jets next year. <laughs> Do you think it's the right decision to play Flacco against Miami, or should they put Wilson out there? You know what I mean? Because I know they're saying Wilson's not healthy. Would you play? Do you think they're making the right decision putting Flacco against Miami? They should start Flacco until he gets hurt. They should start him all the way to the end. I don't know why, you know, it made sense to cut him at the beginning of the season, but when they didn't bring in a backup, um, uh, to, you know, veteran backup to, to really, you know, okay, if you're not going to start, at least mentor the the young, you know, young guns there. They didn't even do that. Um, so I was really shocked. And um, to be fair, you know, I I hear you, Jeff fans out there. You know, uh, uh, Josh Allen's rookie year, they did the exact same thing. Kind of, not really. So they 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 had Nate Peterman. He lasted. Two quarters, a half, and they chased him out. He had five interceptions against the Ravens, and he was gone. So they were stuck. But to be fair, the Bills, you know, he got, you know, Josh Allen got nicked up and, and knocked out of the game against the Texans, and we went out onto the streets and got Derek Anderson, and the rest was history. And, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't go back to uh, Josh Allen until Derek Anderson started getting, you know, banged up and beat up and all that stuff. And so we, we were kind of going back and forth. So I hear you, you know, I'm kind of being a hypocrite. You know, the Buffalo Bills did that all those years ago and thank God it kind of worked out, but um, that's not, that's not the m- most logical choice uh, to run it that way. Um, um, so where I'm getting the caveat here, you know, the, here's the big, but Buffalo didn't have a Joe Flacco on the roster to begin with. Uh, Tyrod Taylor wanted out. He was gone. That's all we had on, on, on the shelf was Nate Peterman and Josh Allen and whoever the hell you wanted to bring in. 
it was nobody. We, we didn't even have, uh, uh, you know, Josh McCowan. We, we didn't have any of those guys available. They were all picked up out of the league. So why would we make that, that maneuver? So I think Derek Anderson wasn't even available at the time. I think he was trying to find a backup role somewhere. I think he was with, I want to say it was the Arizona Cardinals. He was trying to, and yeah, the, the last cuts he got, he got released. So, you know, all right. And here's the last one. One more you can stick to that, stick on Paul as old and why didn't they get him, you know, for week one? You know, all right. You're, you're right on that one. But to be fair, you know, you had Joe, Joe Flacco under contract and you let him, you know, you let him walk. So, and then you trade to get him back, yeah. which was more unbelievable. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> and so I had the veteran. I agree with you, Paul. I think the Jets. Like I said, I've liked Joe Douglas's drafting. I wasn't as high on the Wilson pick as others, but my thought process was this, and I know Sleazer feels the same way, and I feel bad because he is a Jets fan, and Sleazer was not wanting them to take the quarterback at all. He wanted them to trade down. Um, I feel like they've totally mishandled the quarterback position from strategy all the way from top to bottom. If They're mishandling that team. That's why I said Robert Sala should be on the hot seat. First-time defensive head coach should not be given a rookie quarterback that he has no idea how to develop. There's no nothing in his history that shows otherwise. You brought up Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott was a first-time defensive head coach. Everybody remembers his quarterback his first year was Tyrod Taylor, or Tyrod Taylor. Brian Flores was a defensive head coach for Miami, who I think should be gone after this year. But his first year with the Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick was his quarterback for the whole year. Right? They didn't go with a rookie. Neither one of them their first year. Even Bill nope. Belichick, the Patriots, had Drew Bledsoe his first year. I mean, I could keep going on and on and on. The Jets should have traded that pick, got in the hall, and they should have built up their team because then they would have two to three – well, they already have two. They would have three first-round picks this year coming up, and then they could insert the quarterback in if they wanted or then draft their guy. Like, this was – Yeah, the- they could have bought – they could have bought – they could have been in the sweepstakes for uh, Deshaun Watson, just bought them. And they had no, some- granted, you know, we get it. You know, he has a no trade clause, but yeah. yeah, like the Eagles, they beat, you know, or they can make a play for Wilson or they could keep going. And I think they've done good things. Like, I think Michael Carter is a good running back. I like him. I like Mackie Beckton, but he got hurt for the year. They're building the offensive line, but this still was just a very young team, Paul. And they had all rookie first time coaches, even position coaches. You know yeah, I, mean? I was, I was going to bring that up as about how they have a first year, uh, for you know, first year offensive coordinator calling plays. You know, yeah, uh, this was just a bad, bad coaching staff. And I think even if it was a good one, they should have given a savvy bet to take the pressure off. You know what I mean? Like even the the previous coach they had, not sexy Rexy. You know what I mean? But what's his name? Oh, Jesus, I'm brain farting him. Uh, Todd- Adam uh, Adam Gates, or are you talking about Todd Bowles? Todd Bowles, not Adam Gates, I'm sorry. Uh, Todd Bowles had uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick his first year. You know what I mean? Like, it's about having that savvy veteran first, especially if you think your team's going to be bad or developing, we'll say. Let them get the crap. Like, Joe Flacco get the crap beat out of them. You know what I mean? While you build up and your team goes through the growing pains. Because then next year, Paul – you could either trade for a quarterback or you could beef up your line further and draft one. And then you have two first round picks at tackle, a first round guard and a free agent guard. So you have cap space up the wazoo. You could have this beefy line with Michael Carter. And if you would have traded down this year in the draft, you probably would have had a Jalen Waller or Devontae Smith at receiver. You know what I mean? Like you'd have a much more ready to go rookie friendly system. You know what I mean? For a team and the coaching staff would have their growing pains out of the way. Like it'd be more. Right. 
Instead, you're asking. That's, that's the most logical. It's not that the what they're going doesn't work, but it's a lot of you know risk reward uh, situation because uh, it's really hard to develop a quarterback uh, when the bullets are live and you got to win now and the fan base wants you to win now and and then to build his confidence. He's going to have bad days. Even pros have bad days. Tom, you know, you saw Tom Brady. He lost here a weekend, um, yeah. you know, in a loss. Bronco. They're going to have – yeah, they're going to have bad days. But when you're a rookie, it, it just amplifies it. So you, you want to avoid those. And um, they're not doing it. And we can – you know, you're starting to see a little bit of writing coming on the wall that this team is – you know, Robert Sala is sending this team back. And I think um... – Focusing over on the Bills now, I think I know people have been saying their offense has taken some time to get going, that even though they scored 10 points in the first quarter, they easily could have piled on much, much, much more. They still won 45-17, to 17, but I've been very impressed with Buffalo's defense. Um, I think their defense is very stingy. I know the, um, the Bills' offense has been, like, hot and cold, you know, because their defense played very well against Jacksonville. But offensively, there is some growing pain still. But I still very much believe they're one of the better teams in AFC. I still believe they're a Super Bowl contender. So you you want to get your tinfoil cap? You want you want want to hear my my theory on why the Bills' offense is still kind of you know what the hell's going on? Moments. Yeah. I heard a rumor that something's going on with Brian Dables. I don't know if you heard this at all, Jeff, being up there in Rochester. I heard there's something going on personally. And that Brian uh, Dables had to address it. I wonder if he's having some marital issues. Um, I never want to subject that as a as a married man myself, putting that idea out there. But um, it's the most logical uh, answer to me right now um, because I watched that Bills uh, Jaguars game. That offense. I mean, you got your best playmaker out there, Stephon Diggs. You lose a running back, Zach Moss, to concussion protocol. At some point, why don't you just force feed him the ball? Like, you know, player, you know, good players win you games. You know, that other adage, you know, you know, if your best guy on, on your, you know, your most, most athletic guy is not getting the ball or not doing what you, you need him to do, you force it. I don't know why at some point Brian Dables didn't pick up the phone and call down to the sidelines, say, Josh, hey, this is the situation, man. Just, you know, who cares? You know, we're going to lose this game. As of right now, we're going to lose this game. Just chuck it to them. Just give it up to our best guy. Like, it just it, – it, it, I put that loss, that Jaguars loss, we can back up for a second, totally on the coordinator slash coaching staff. Um, they were uninspiring. There was no um, pizzazz. There was no flash. There was no energy, uh, especially on the offensive side of ball. And then at one point I was just like, why are we just not we're, – we're, we're, no, we're losing the game 9-6. to six. It's late in the fourth quarter. Just fucking feed the ball to the guys that need the ball. You know, stop, stop trying to be cute and, you know, run it and do this and then, you know, try to sneak it on fourth down and just give it to the guys. Give it to Col- the sure-handed Colt Beasley's. Give it to the uh, Stephon Diggs, you know. You know, give the deep route or the post route to uh, Gabriel Davis. Do you got, you know, do what, you know, what made us so successful last year and uh, and then you just chalk it up. Okay, Josh, you threw an interception, but, you know, we threw it at Stephon Diggs. You know, let let him. You know, you know the guys like Spider Man out there. He catches everything. Or so, uh, let him do his thing. Go uh, ahead. Sorry, Jalen was tearing up your backfield, Josh Jalen. I know people want. I think I think Buffalo wanted to literally skewer Cody Ford after that. <laughs> they wanted to take him out back. Uh, yeah, I did. 
their offense did struggle. You're right. And I think what scares me about the Bills, and I still think they're a Super Bowl contender, by the way. I say these caveats. I think they're going to get their shit together. But what scares me with the Bills is even – they did really good against the Jets, and I'm glad they came out fired up and pissed off, right, and bounced back. But what scares me with the Bills is there's these stretches, and that's why I think you're right, Paul. Something's going on because there's stretches where this offense disappears, and it's play calling. It just goes completely – even against Miami, they won. But the first half, the play calling was like – like what? Yeah. Like, like they have some ugly, ugly games, and I think they could get their shit together, right? It only takes you to get some ugly plays. Do it. Yeah. And their defense has been fantastic all year, so I have no fear with the defense. Like I have no fear with their defense whatsoever. It's just this offense. Like these dry spells have to stop, and I know every team goes through it. Like the Chiefs have their own dry spell right now, but it's like, man, that's the only thing that could t- potentially scare Bills fans. Is like, I hope to God we don't have one of these ugly games. In the yeah, ball. yeah, you're right. Yeah, you you know, hopefully by the time they they make it to January, they're firing in all cylinders. Nothing says slump buster like the Jets. So they <laughs> they got a yeah. groove, and now they have what the Colts, I think, right coming up. That yeah, the Colts because that's a team that usually gives them fits. I know Buffalo still beats them, but defensively. They usually get Buffalo fits on the on their offensive side. So if they could this could be a good test game for them to shake off the rust. If they play offensively dominant ball, I think they're back. Like uh yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting because both sides have some key some key issues to address uh going into Sunday. Um Spencer Brown uh is under COVID protocol. So that Cody Ford uh oh, no. appearance might make a make a reappearance again. And you know, basically I uh, you know. You know what I was saying with that Jaguars game? I really said 75, Cody Ford. I mean, you know, a Pepsi machine would be better than him because, you know, guys, he was just standing out there. There was – I saw I, – I remember specifically two plays where Cody Ford even touched the guy in front of him. Nope. The guy took one sidestep and ran around him. I was like, oh, all right. So, we gave uh, Josh Allen a half a second to get ready for that defensive uh, player in his face. Nope. If we had Matt Ryan, they, they, I think the Jaguars would have uh, – would be leading, you know, have the season high for most sacks in the game. You know, they had four sacks or something like that, four or five sacks, but they would, they could have easily, if it was a Matt Ryan, they would have had a 10, 10 or 11 sacks. Oh, easily. easily. Um, so, um, yeah, so he might make his appearance. But for the Colts, uh, what's his name? Uh, Leonard, the, the linebacker, what's his name, uh, first name? Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard. Um, he might play, but I heard he's having leg slash ankle issues. Um, I guess he's got um, something going on there, so he might not even play. And if he does, um, he will not be at 100%. So our offensive line's a little banged up. Their best uh, defensive uh, pressure yeah. presence is not yeah, is yeah. not exactly there. And who knows what version of uh, the quarterback play for the Colts is going to show up with um, really what's the name? The new new uh, uh, red cannon there. Oh my God, Carson Wentz with his three picks, and he throws some bad ones. Like, he, if he plays average, they they've been in a lot of games, Paul. Too. That's the funny part of it. Like, they've been a hot team at times. Like, they even their losses. Like when they lost to uh, Baltimore. Like, right? Like they barely lost that game. They you want to hear something? You want to hear something crazy? I stat I heard the other day. Statistically, this is the best year Carson Wentz has ever had. Wow, I did not know that. I would have said the MVP year, year two with Philly. Yeah, because uh, like you said, I've seen a couple of highlights. I've seen a couple of games. He's had like when the, the San Francisco game and stuff and whatnot. And um, even though they won that, he had some bad plays that I saw at the end of the Tennessee Titans game. Um, th- there was a lot of bad picks. I saw those two picks at the very end there. You know, 
Yeah. You know what he reminds me of, Paul, with his plays? It's because he doesn't have as many bad plays as people think, but they are bad. Like, you know what it reminds me of is Tony Romo. Remember when Tony Romo would only have, like, 12 picks a year, but those 12 picks, like, 10 of them would be pick sixes? Like, it's like the fact that it's – and they come at, like, they, there's a reason they make – The most inopportune time, yeah, you know. He threw for three touchdowns. Yeah, I remember that. I remember when Tony Romo had a three-touchdown game, but the, uh, the, in the, late in the fourth quarter, he had that one pick six, and it lost on that. Yep. Other than that, he almost had, like, a perfect uh, quarterback rating. Every game, I remember. Yep, when they played the Peyton Manning-Denver Broncos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the game I was thinking of. Yep, yeah, that was one of them. Yep, he had a, a near-perfect game, and then when it, when it really counted – he had a, a really bad um, – you know who else has a really bad uh, – you know, I thought you were going to uh, kind of uh, compare him to? Brett Favre. That's another one, too. Very Brett Favre, you know, Brett Favre made some tremendous throws. Like, I, I saw Carson Wentz. And then, you know, the, the boneheaded uh, rocket ball. I mean, that's what Mike Holmgren, uh, Holmgren used to call it, his head coach at the time. Mm-hmm. Stop, stop rocket ball. Don't play rocket ball. Don't just zing it. Stop just playing rocket. Don't you know? No chain balls. No rocket balls. Like so. <laughs> no, I like that. But no, so I'm excited to see. I'll be watching this game actually, the Bills uh, Colts one, because I want to see how they look. You know, offensively, like I said, defense they have given fit, so that could be a very potentially appealing matchup versus Carson Wentz, who likes to give it to you once or twice a game, versus a very opportunistic pass defense for Buffalo. Um, yeah. So, speaking of laying eggs, since everybody, Paul, in the AFC or even the NFC, screw it. Every good team has laid an egg, right? No pun intended because the team we're talking about next to the birds. But Baltimore went in and laid a complete goose egg against Miami on Thursday night football for the World Series. Um, They lost 22 to 10. Uh, This was, and I didn't realize this, this was the the worst performance in terms of offensive points. This is the first time Lamar Jackson's been held to 10 or under points in his career. Really? I thought he would have laid it in his rookie year, but this is the even that game where he's getting blown out in the playoffs, he still put together 20 points, I think. They're like, this is the only time he's been held to 10 or less points. So, my question to you is this, Paul. We can get into more of the. That has to be regular season because last year they only scored, uh, Lamar Jackson only scored three points. Yeah, it was regular season. Against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. yeah. Not playoffs. Because he's laid a goose egg in the playoffs. Like I said, I think he laid a goose egg against the Chargers, too, his rookie year in the playoffs. Um, but regular season, usually Lamar Jackson, Superman in the regular season, he didn't have a bad stat line. It was 26 of 43, 238 yards, one touchdown, one pick. His rushing stats were atrocious though. Nine carries, 39 yards, which is bad for him. My boy Rashad Bateman had a solid rookie outing though. Six receptions, 80 yards. Paul did the, and I'm going to ask you this because I am a Dolphins fan. I am asking your opinion on this. Was this game more about Baltimore losing it or Miami winning it? Both. Um, but I would have to give this slight nod to the Miami Dolphins. They were a lot of fun to watch uh, that Thursday night. Um, they played inspiring football. Um, they deserved that win. They they definitely showed up. And what I mean by the Ravens losing, they had no pizzazz. They had no energy. They you know like you said, this is their goose egg. So, um, but um, the Dolphins definitely wanted it a little more. And you could see that. You could see, again, the eyeball. Again, we're on the podcast, so we can't show, like, hey, look at this player or, or check out that play or, or any of that stuff. Like, I, I can't really, you know, show you tangible evidence. But I watched the game, and that's what I saw. You know, we watch a lot of football. So, um, there was a lot of good plays on the Dolphins' side. Like, they played that, uh, up to this point, besides their first win. Um, and um, 
all that stuff. This was the most complete team I've seen from the Dolphins. I think, um, and I agree with you, Paul, by the way, because I do think, and it's not just because I'm a Miami fan, because Baltimore, you know, they were due to lay a goose egg, right, because they played badly. I'm not going to say Baltimore didn't lose it. They did lose the game, but Miami played well. It wasn't like Lamar threw, like, five picks or something like But Miami's defense, this was the defense we were expecting to see week one. All season, yep. This was Since, since week one. Defense has played all year. Like you said, Paul, Javon Holland was flying all over the goddamn field. Like, he was a safety on a mission. And yep. Phillips played like the first round pick we took him to be. Like Miami did the blueprint. I think they honestly laid a blueprint to get Baltimore fits because they had a couple cover zero blitzes. The Amoeba defense was back, right? Like you said, Paul, players are flying all over the field. It was a lot of fun to watch their defense because you didn't know who was coming, who was going. It reminds me a lot of because people said, is this the first time this has happened? You brought up a good point. Miami, I think, took a lot of blueprints from Buffalo because Buffalo does a lot of similar stuff where they disguise what they're doing. And I think Buffalo has a good strategy. And everyone, because I always say put a linebacker on Allen because he's too big. I think the key to beating Baltimore, Paul, is you need to put a safety on Jackson. Not a linebacker because he's too fast for a linebacker. You need to put a safety on him. And I think Buffalo can get away with it because Poyer and them are athletic enough to do it. And Miami can do it because they have Holland who's athletic enough to do it. And so you see, I think it was Michael Hyde or Poyer that knocked him out of the playoff game last year. <laughs> you know, uh, Buffalo has two good safeties, even though I make yeah. sitting for a back, they are fast as hell. So I think what they do is they bring one up. And I think that's how you have to play this Baltimore team. Now, granted, you have to have a safety good enough to do it. And I was so mad at watching that broadcast because Troy Aikman's like, I don't know why they don't just throw a slant. slant. I'm like, yes, Troy, that's right. A slant would work. But Miami's corners, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones are so good, they're jamming them at the line. Like, you're looking, Troy Aikman, use your eyes. You're up in the booth. You see the all 22. If they're being jammed at the line, yes, you're right. If your corners aren't playing well, the cover zero blitz will leave a gap wide open in the middle of the field. It's just similar to what Buffalo did to Miami when they have Tredavious White. If your corners are good enough to hold up, you only have two seconds to throw the football. It's hike and duck. You know what I mean? Like, that's a like, and I think, like you said, Paul, their defense was a lot of fun to watch. Miami's offense, though, was like watching paint dry until they brought two into the game. Like, I know he had a hurt finger, Paul, but give me a 60% two over Jacoby Brissett. My God. Like, as soon as two went in, that one pass to Waddle was a 35 yarder. That was a beauty. I know there was a blown coverage in Albert Wilson, but. Like you said, it was just a fun game to watch. I know it was low scoring at first, but like you said, Paul, that defense for Miami was really fun. They were flying all over the field. And this is the defense we expected to see all year. Like, yeah. It was there. Yeah. No, and, and like you said, slump buster. Um, uh, to kind of fast forward here a little bit, I'm excited to see the Dolphins uh, again now. Uh, this is the team I thought they were going to show up. They got – like you said it, your words, the host's words himself, best game, you know, best lump buster around, play the Jets. Yep. They got them. So, um, do you, can you see the Dolphins? Can, can this be a mini run? Do you see the Dolphins? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, realistic, Jeff. Uh, not what you want to see the team do, you know. Uh, you know, you want to see them succeed or fail, you know. Hey, the season's a loss or whatever. Uh, can you see them putting a couple of games together? Yes. I do. I don't think they're going to run the table like people think because it's just too hard to win in this league. I think they are more than capable. They should sweep the Jets. I think there's a chance they might slip up, though, which is bad. But given that they're they're in shambles now, they should not lose to the Jets at all. 
I think they're going to split with the Giants or Carolina. I think they're going to lose one of them. I don't know which one, but they're going to lose one of those two games. You still get New England, and you get them at home. And that's at the end of the year. I think we're going to lose badly to New Orleans, though. I think that one's going to be who, but because that's at New Orleans. But I think Miami has a good chance, uh, like to redeem their season. Like this, I don't think they make the playoffs. To answer your question, Paul, but I think they can go on a run to be respectable, develop some, oh. see some progress, see if you know what I mean. Develop to uh, develop this defense, like Javon Holland, Jalen Phillips. See how the rookies develop on your defense, and get Jalen Waller more involved. Like you know what I mean. Like do stuff like this and finish at a respectable, like eight and nine, nine and eight. You know, it doesn't get you in the playoffs, but at least be like, don't give the Eagles a top five pick because that's going to get you fired. Like this. I was going to say, you think if they win eight games, you think Brian Flores comes back next year? Would I? Would I? Want no, I'm saying, wait, wait, I'm not saying what you want. I'm saying, you know, you think, uh, I think, you know, I don't want him back, but I think he comes back. Yeah. I don't want them back. I think they both come back, honestly. I don't want either. <laughs> I don't want any of them. They all come back. Because I think <laughs> their offensive line is the worst ranked in football. Like, and that is like the heart and soul of your team. They haven't drafted a running back higher than the seventh round since I was like dead. I think it was like 2016 or 2015 was the last time. Like, I understand, and this is the last time we'll do a random, and then we can move on to the fun segment of the show, Paul, is I understand the logic of, running backs are a dime a dozen right running backs don't matter but there's got it there's an in-between Paul there's a difference between running backs don't matter and we're not going to draft a running back at all and pay one 200 grand off the street like yeah or or select a vet you know (laughs) (laughs) sign a middle of the road guy like dear Jesus the Miami's drafted running back Jared Dokes who like it's like the Miami Dolphins, uh, their uh, running back room is is the jet or the Jets version of what's going on in their quarterback room. Like <laughs> we're gonna have a bunch of no names and expect them to perform at a very high level. Or my all time favorite, Paul. We can't run the ball in short yarded situations. Well, no shit. Your running back is 181 pounds. Like <laughs> <laughs> who went to like D three college? I, I I don't know. He went to D three, but yeah, yeah. Who you know? I always have to laugh at that when Jeff brings it up, uh, his running back room. I'm like, who the hell are these guys? I've never even heard of them. You're thinking of, by the way, yeah, so who the hell? It sounds like a made-up name, I know, but it actually is a running back in their room. Gaskin is an okay back, but I keep telling people, he is a scat back. He is like a James White. He is a even, like, you know what I mean? Like, if people say, oh, he's like Devin Singletary, I'm like, stop it. Singletary, I would take any day of the week over freaking Gaskin. I would – it's, well, the Bill, Bills have a little bit of a running back issue themselves. Uh, a lot of people are questioning if Devin Singletary or Zach Moss are the guys. Um, but they keep bringing a third guy in. Like, they had Frank Gore the first year, and then uh, they they tried to yelled in, and now now we're on to Brita and all that stuff and, and Brita. So they, they keep bringing in this guy that, that has had success in the NFL. We don't need you to be great every week. We just need you when, you, when your number's called, like the Brita, like over the weekend – you know, we need you to, you know, the, the, to hit it. So, you know, we're not going to put a lot of wear and tear on you, but when we ask you to hit it, you need to hit it, and they're doing that. Uh, and that's a shock with me with the Dolphins. It's like, okay, I can get where you're getting now. We're not going to waste draft capital 
on a running back, but you got to bring somebody in. <laughs> then, you know, you got to bring somebody in, you know, like I'm surprised they didn't throw a few bones at Shady McCoy or something like something like that. Somebody, you know, somebody, you know, oh, he's kind of washed up, but, oh, you know, two years ago, he was the rushing leader, you know, you know, three, three years ago, he put, you know, five years ago, he put the bills in the playoffs on his back, you know, with Shady McCoy there. No, they don't do any of that crap with the Dolphins. And that's the real head scratcher because I, I could kind of get behind the plan of not using any draft capital on a running back, but you got to bring somebody in that's had success. I understand the logic of not using a first or second round pick on one. I understand that logic, right? Unless you believe they're special. But Paul, there's nothing wrong with using a third or fourth round pick on one, right? Because like, I'll give you an example. Miami took Hunter Long in the third round, right? Hunter Long has been active. You know how many snaps Hunter Long has played? He's played as many as you and I have played. <laughs> he had, yeah, he they're gonna active. age him like a fine wine inactive not even dressed he has been inactive for every single game because they have five tight ends on their roster you can't you're telling me you couldn't have taken a third round running back even if he's not well the value wasn't there he'd be starting on this team at least he would at least be contributing more than your inactive tight end i'm not saying yes i wanted Najee harris but paul there were two running backs taken in the fourth round respectively um, and their names were Michael Carter for the Jets and yep. Stevenson for the Patriots. They're pretty dang good. I would take either one of them on my team. Like I understand not even using a third round pick. I'll even give you that. You know, yeah. you can give me that one. I can get behind the Dolphins if they don't want to spend a third round pick. Right. But it goes back to my idea that you need to bring a vet back in. You need, you know, you need a, you know, like the name right now that keeps coming to mind is Shady McCoy. You know, they, you know. All right, we're gonna spend a fifth round pick on this guy. Or, you know, he's got some deficiencies. Well, Let's go out the street and get somebody that that you know. We know we don't need to do a whole lot. We just need you to hit that that you know hit it when we ask you to. The last two running backs, Miami spent mid round picks on. When I mean mid round picks, I mean third through fifth round, right? That middle of the draft. The last two running backs they took, and this shows you how old it was. The last two players, Paul, they took were Kenyon Drake and Jay Ajayi. And I'm like, those are pretty good. Yeah, they are pretty good. Like, you're telling me, like, even before that, Paul was Lamar Miller. I'm like, ah, I'll be like, there's nothing wrong with those type of bat. Like, yes, you get a bust once in a while. I'm not going to say they're all home runs, but like, you don't need to spend a first or second. I agree with because that's a sleazer plan. But I also have the mindset, like you said, Paul, bring somebody in. Like, you don't just get somebody from Walmart either. You got to have an in between of the ground, right? And yeah. So. We'll see. That's a whole off-season question. So the AFC East, we'll have an update on all that stuff. But now we're going to get into the fun segment of the show, Paul. And I know there's a question you wanted to ask me because it was a good one. We talked before we got on. And I wanted you to ask it to me instead of me bringing it Yeah, before I uh, give your fans a little insight, before uh, we started the podcast, I asked Jeff if I can do this because Jeff always mines a few diamonds. He always has something that blows my mind. It's just a different way of looking at the league and looking at stuff. Um, that I just I, I I don't come from that angle, and uh, that's why I love talking football with Jeff. So I'm just gonna get right to the question. Uh, this is uh, the question I asked him. So he had a little bit of time to prepare. So hopefully he's got some diamonds. Not not to uh, set you up, buddy, but I apologize if I did. You know, uh, if I, I if I put a lot of pressure on you. But my question is, as of right now, we're about halfway through the season. And uh, this is a two-part question, and they both relate, so it's not a big issue. Uh, The first question is, 
of all the teams that you've watched and all the games and all the records, everything being said, who is the most surprising in a good way, a good team that's been very surprising, uh, surprising to you, and then tell me why. Um, you know, I'm not saying for example for your fans, uh, if it's the, the Tampa Bay Bucks, everyone, you know, they won the Super Bowl last year. Everyone's going to assume they have Tom Brady. Uh, you know, you know that they should be, you know, on top of the pile there. If that's your answer, Jeff, you can go with that. But I need an explanation. And then uh, the surprise in the bad way. Um, you can even mention your Dolphins. You know, a team that you thought was going to contend or at least be a playoff or play better, and you're like, you know, damn, they're, they, they might get the number one pick in the draft this year, you know, or, or something like that, or or they're just missing the mark, um, you know, stuff like that. So um, I'll turn it over to you, buddy. But um, I, I want to know the, those two teams and a little bit of uh, what you see out of them. What, what, what were you getting, you know, the vibes and all that stuff, uh, the good vibes and the bad vibes. It's always, uh, it's, always a, it's always a really interesting take. I think – the point I want to make is, like you said, Paul, the teams that have surprised. So not because a team that could be good or a team that I say is surprising or disappointing can still be good, but they're not what we uh, – the quote, you know what I mean, the opposite of we are who we thought they were. The key, as Paul mentioned before I said this, is the surprise, right? Because we all thought the Texans would suck. So I'm not going to say the Texans. Paul and I both predicted Atlanta to suck, so we're not going to say that. I have a couple interesting ones, and I'm going to do it just to try to give you the wow factor. A team that was better than I thought, and now while they're not leading the division anymore, I thought they were going to be poo-poo, gaga, right? Kaka, whatever you wanted to phrase it. A team that surprised me the most this year when it's all said and done is the Cincinnati Bengals. That's a good one. Five and four. Granted, they're not as hype as we thought, as everybody thought. You and I were saying pump the brakes on it, but Jamar Chase blew my socks off. Like, he, I thought he'd be okay. Sleazer's probably slapping me upside the head like I told you so. But to be fair, all these receivers are good. But they have – this team is really good, Paul, and I think they're a playoff team. Like, this is a really good football team. I don't think they're Super Bowl like people were thinking earlier. And I think Jamar Chase has come back down to earth a little bit. But this is still a much better team than I thought. It might have saved their head coach's job because they were yeah. awful the first two years. Bad. Like, even with Joe Burrow, people can say it's Joe Burrow. No, they had Joe Burrow last year for half the year, and they were still – they were losing bad games. Like they In bad ways. They, you know, yeah, they were, you know, they were losing games in bad ways. You know, bad penalties, bad play call. Yeah, yeah, they were, like, oh, they, bad, bad. They lost to the Jets, which they did. I think they took it for granted. They took their foot off the gas. But they pecker-slapped Baltimore, and they they almost beat – if there's such a thing as moral victories, people forget, Paul, they, they lost to the Packers in overtime. You know, they almost beat the Packers. Like, this is a better team than people think. Now, I don't think they're going to win the AFC North still. I think it still will be Baltimore. And I think I like them more than the Steelers personally. But I think the Cincinnati Bengals were my surprise team. That's a good pick. Yeah, yeah, I have to give you that one. I didn't, that didn't even cross my mind. But as soon as you said that, yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, you know, because that's a team that, that no one talks about. We were talking about how the Patriots get all the attention. You know, they're going to crown their butt after beating a couple of bad teams. Uh, yeah, as Bills fans and as Dolphin fans, you know, who has it worse is uh, Bengals fans. They're, yeah, they, they you know, that, that, that city, that franchise in the middle of nowhere, and no one gives them any love. And they should get some love like right now. Like you said, there's no, you know, there, there's no real – there's no points for a moral victory. But like you said, they took they took a Aaron Rodgers, mind you, team to the limit. Yep. And they almost beat them. And Kansas City 
beat the Packers without Aaron Rodgers with, you know, Rocket Man uh, or no, uh, Skyball. We'll call him Skyball. Like you were talking about earlier, Skyball on that. Uh, Jordan Love, and they only beat him by six. Yep. So, you know, wow, yeah. And, you know, you said they beat Baltimore, and, yeah, that that's a team – yeah, they might not make the playoffs. Uh, you, you know, they might not even win the division. But, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a very, very, very good team. And the bad team that I think I'm surprised by, keyword, I almost said Dolphins because I didn't think – I think a lot of people – I thought they were a playoff team. <laughs> I thought they were a playoff team. They're, they've been the disappointment in my, my book. I won't say they're a surprise, but they're the disappointment. I'm going to be the uh, disappointment. Because my job is to try to throw you a curveball, right? Because I do agree with you. I think Miami, I didn't, even if they missed the playoffs, you were just like, yeah, Jeff, they're nine and eight. I'd be like, yeah, okay. You're like, oh, Jeff, they're three and seven. Like, <laughs> what? Like, Jesus. Like, I didn't think they'd be this bad, but I'm going to pick a different team because people have heard my Dolphins rant, right? So I'm going to go into a different team. I had it between two, but I'm going to really throw one out there. And this is a team that's three and six, Paul. Three and six. And I'm like, you kidding me? I understand they're flawed, and I knew the bottom was going to come out eventually, but I, I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, that was mine. When I, if you were going to ask me the exact same question, Seattle Seahawks, especially when they laid that – I watched that game, when they laid that giant goose egg against the, the Packers. They just couldn't score one point. So Seahawks, man. I With Russell Wilson, by the way, being healthy. If you were to tell me Wilson was hurt, I'd be like, yeah, okay, there you, you know. No, the healthy Russell – I know he's been hurt actually a couple games, right? But still, like, I do not see the Seattle Seahawks being this bad. Yeah. yeah. And then real quick, if I, if I may uh, interject here, yeah. uh, that, that loss was so bad. I don't know if any of your fans saw that, and they may agree or disagree. That loss was so bad, that might be – you know, this might be one of those things if, as for your Seahawks fans out there, they can hang their hat on and say, you know, or point their finger at, this is the game that broke this team up. This is a game that gets Pete Carroll to retire or get fired, and this is a game that could chase Russell Wilson out, you know, out of out of Seattle. Like, hey, man, you know, I, I came back for what? I broke my finger, uh, you know. I pushed rehab. Uh, I went through this. I came back faster, and you know, you know, all, well, nowadays in the NFL, everyone's like a uh, Wolverine. There, they all come back from you know catastrophic injury. You know, oh yeah, you got a broken bone. You'll be back in three weeks. What? You know, but um, I digress. But, um, you know, you, I come back for this. I beat my body up uh, in rehab. I, you know, I worked through all this pain to come back to, to lay a giant goose egg against one of my arch enemies. Like, you know, it would be one thing if they lost to, you know, the Jaguars, let's just say. That would be a bad loss in itself. And you, you can hang, you know, you can, you know, check off your list on certain things. But when, you know, you're Russell Wilson and you're talking about putting a, a playoff caliber team and you're going to try and make a run and you lose to one of the guys that you're going to probably see in the playoffs, and you lose to them really bad, that just shows you, like, you know what? You know, if I was Russell Wilson looking around this locker room, you know, uh, we don't got what it takes to beat a playoff team. It's one thing if we lose to a bad team. That's really hard, you know, to, you know, to, to, to swallow. But when, you know, we're supposed to be better than this, and we get, you know, thrashed by a team that's going to be in the playoffs – uh, why, why am I here? So I'll just leave it at that. I think, no, you did a good one. I think it's funny we had the same ones. My honorable mentions were, of course, the Miami Dolphins and Washington football team. Those are my two honorable mentions. But it's also because Fitzpatrick's been basically out since game one. So it's like, and the NFC East is always a cluster. 
who was your team that you were surprised by? Because I know you said which one you were surprised by disappointed. Which one was your one that you were disappointed by how good they are? I have a feeling I know which one you're going to say, but. Uh, we'll see. I got two, if you don't mind, real quick. One's still in the division that you picked, uh, the Steelers. I was really shocked with the Steelers, um, but they're not my one. They're one B, um, yep. only because they tied with the Lions. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep, um, but they're finding ways to win. But, you know, maybe, you know, we'll have to see. But when they tie the Lions, they gave the Lions every chance to win that game. Uh, that's what I was trying to call you over the weekend. That uh, basically, they gave – they. I, I watched the end of that game uh, twice. They gave the Lions reason to win. And the Lions are like, we don't want to win. We, we, you know, we'll, we'll just settle with a tie. Um, we're just glad to be out here on the field. But, okay, so getting back to my number one team – I think I'm going to surprise you, the Chicago Bears. Uh, I saw their last game. Uh, Yeah, because Justin Fields. Uh, It's all because of Justin Fields. Um, He's playing a lot better than I ever thought he would play. Um, He's playing the way that I thought Zach Wilson should be playing or should should be playing and and all that stuff. Um, Again, the stat line's not there. But – and there's a few – you know, every rookie gets their bad losses. I saw a few bad losses. But he's starting to come around a little bit. And this team, yeah, I, I don't think this team, um, they're my surprise because I thought they were going to be garbage bad, garbage, garbage bad, like Nagy gone bad. Um, I really thought that they were, I, honestly, I thought it was going to, and my heart to hearts, I thought it was going to be a race to the bottom of the Lions. Honestly, I thought the Lions would have one win and the Chicago Bears would have two, and those two wins were against the Lions. Um, <laughs> something like that. Um, that's how bad I thought the, the Chicago Bears were going to be. I saw them in that preseason game against the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills C squad was like pulling out 21 points. I mean, we had Joe Webb that threw for two touchdowns <laughs> against, the, against the Chicago Bears because I was like, I knew the offense was going to struggle. I didn't know the defense was going to be that bad. And they're kind of playing a little bit of complimentary football. So, you know, do I see them making the playoffs? Like you said about the. Bengals, that's yet to be seen, and I highly doubt the Chicago Bears will make the playoffs. But um, they're playing well above my expectations. I literally thought they were going to be picking in the top three, and they're, the way they're trending, all right, they're probably still picking in the top ten, but they're not picking top three. So I got one more topic for you, Paul, before we get out of here, and it's very similar to this topic you had. And it's I – was, I was going to say PFT, but we'll only talk about one team, just because we've talked about so many other teams, too, in the league. We're each going to give one team for each category, right? So it's going to be hard to narrow it down to one. But even if you don't feel like this, but you want to talk about a different team, you can. You know what I mean? If you want to throw that hindsight of, like, it's this team, I believe, but I want to talk about this team instead. We're going to go through one team that you feel like is overrated and one team that you feel like is underrated. Now, bear in mind, an overrated team can still be good. It's just, you know what I mean? Like the title says, overrated. And an underrated team could still be bad. You know what I mean? But it's just not as, you know what I'm saying? Like, so one overrated team, we'll start with that one first, and then we'll both give an underrated team. So I have a good underrated team. Well, two of them in the chamber in case you take mine. But Okay. So we'll start with overrated team, unless you want me to go first to give you time to think. No, I, I got an overrated team. I got like- uh, we've, we've beaten this dead horse, so I'm not going to mention the Patriots, but the Patriots will be on that list. But if your fans listen to the beginning of the podcast, enough said. My overrated team is the Los Angeles Rams. Um, uh, if your fans are true fans of football, they remember a team. I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to see if you can figure it out. Uh, Vince Young quoted 
Um, it was a Vince, yeah, Vince Young quoted. This is the dream team. Do you know what team I'm talking about? Yeah, Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. That is the dream team out there in Los Angeles. They look like a, the all-star basketball team. You know, Odell Beckham Jr., now they needed him because, you know, we'll have the Robert Woods. But, yeah, yeah, that team, you know, you know, they got so many quote-unquote superstars. And I like how they got quote-unquote superstars. None of them won a Super Bowl. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey's never won a Super Bowl. Uh, has done much in the playoffs. Uh, Aaron Donald, uh, granted, he went to the Super Bowl with the Rams, but they, you know, they they laid, you know, they <laughs> they they put the bed there against the Patriots. Um, uh, he's never won a Super Bowl or won anything super tremendous. Um, Matthew Stafford has never won anything. Uh, Cooper Cup hasn't won anything. And, you know, all we do, we keep turning around and, you know, how amazing would it be if the Rams made it to the Super Bowl and all that stuff? And, and they, 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 they're they starting to show the, you know, every team's got their moments. It's the reason why the 72, 72 Dolphins are so special. But, um, and I'll admit, this is coming out of a little bit of out of um, um, anger or frustration, more like frustration, because every time we turn around, you know, how glorious are the Los Angeles Rams? How awesome are the Los Angeles Rams? You know, look at all the – you know, it's a basketball all-star team. And usually all-star teams don't do much. You know, look at the Lakers right now. They, You know, they got more all-star players on their team. And look at the Nets last year. They had a ton of all-stars. They didn't do it. So, um, yeah, you're pooping they're, my, they're my overrated team. You're pooping on my Super Bowl pick, but as soon as they acquired Oda Beckham, I'm like, my team's screwed. I'm like, because he's like T.O. He's the modern-day T.O., team obliterator. And <laughs> he's like the butt and bad luck charm. I think it was uh, Nick Wright brought this up, I think, on First Things First. And I'm going to echo his point, Paul, because I do think right now they are being overrated. I agree with you. Even though I did pick them in the beginning of the years of August to win the Super Bowl, or not to win, to go to the Super Bowl and lose again. Um, I think right now you got to look at it. Is, if the season were to end today, I know this is Paul's favorite game, they're, they would be a wild card team because the, the division leader is currently the Cardinals. Right now, Paul, to make it to the Super Bowl, like everybody's talking about them, they would have to currently play Tampa at Tampa in the first round. Then they would have to play either Dallas at Dallas or Green Bay at Green Bay the next round. And then they would have to w- play the winner. It, it would either probably more than likely be the Cardinals or one of those teams at their totem. I don't see, Paul, them winning those three games in a row. <laughs> Like, I don't think they have the, – they're so inconsistent. I don't see them being the type of team with Stafford to grip it and go to those. You know what I mean? Like, even if – throw the championship aside, you, I don't see them I, beating both Tampa and Green Bay or Dallas back-to-back. Like, at their turf. That's why I think it's essential either, A, they get their head out of their butts, or B, they get home field at least. Because that that's a really tough road game. You know what I mean? A road schedule. Yeah. That's brutal. Like, nobody – I don't want to play Tampa round one. Like no, but no, I would not. So my overrated team, I would also have said the Patriots, but since we talked about them so much, I'm not going to pick them either. I am going to pick the team you talked about, though, and I, I'm we're going to stick in the same city, Paul, because LA is overrated in general. Screw you, Sarge, and everybody else out there. I'm going to say we're going to go with the Chargers because I have to go on. I am so sick of hearing about MVP Herbert. And number one seed Chargers, who are not currently the number one seed anymore, by the way, in their own division. That belongs to the Chiefs. But I just see the flawed team, Paul. And I think Joe Lombardi has handcuffed. Herbert has regressed a little bit. 
I'm not going to put it all on Herbert because this is what we talk about. It, the, the answer is somewhere when everybody said Herbert with his Dan Marino hair was better than Allen and everybody. I was like, pump the brakes. His talent is there, yes, but he's still a second-year player. Teams are going to start playing cover two against him, and they're going to make him dink and dunk a little bit more, which he don't like to do, and that's what they're starting to do. And now they're like, oh, he's terrible. It's like, no, well, he's not terrible either. He's having growing pains. He needs to learn to not throw the ball 100 miles. He had the same flaw in the way Allen did. You don't need to throw the ball 100 miles an hour to your flat to your running back. Like, and Allen learned to control that. And for Allen, it was just excitement. He got excited, like, oh, baby, this guy's so wide open. Like, it was excitement. Herbert, I think, just look. Herbert's got, Paul, when I watch Herbert, and I like Herbert, by the way. I think he's the best quarterback in that class. Miami should have drafted him, um, even though I was a Tua guy myself. But Herbert's problem is, Paul, he has a lot of Andrew Luck in him, where he wants to hit that deep ball so bad. Like, if you make him throw underneath more than twice, he gets pissed. He's like, ugh. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't like it at all. And he holds on to the ball, and then their offensive line starts to get a little bit, you know what I mean, that gets a little drawn out. And they rely very much so on Austin Eckler. And I remember telling you this, Paul, and I know you had him in your fantasy team, the 10 yards of carry are eventually going to stop, the 8 to 10 yards of carry. Like, teams are eventually going to take Eckler away, and they're going to double Keenan Allen, and they're going to say, no, you're going to have to go to your third option underneath. You're going to have to go to Jared Cook in the middle. And that's what teams have started to do, and I think that's their struggles. And Joe Lombardi is making the mistake of mishandling their offense because he's trying to treat him like Drew Brees, and he's not. They should be going more back to the Pep Hamilton offense, you know, a little bit more play action, use Eckler a little more. And on defense, I think they're way too reliant on Derwin James and Joey Joey Bosa. Their run defense, Paul, is bad. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep, that's when you said overrated. That's why I was saying that defense. I was like, that offense can score points, but they're going to have to score a fuck ton of points. Excuse my French. Is that defense, when you come to playoff times, that defense is going to be gas when we get towards the end of the season because, like you said, they're just one-dimensional. They uh, they have no depth. What I mean by one-dimensional, they have no depth. And they're, they're, those guys are going to be just exhausted, you know, just from the season by the time they get to the end of the, you know, into the postseason. Oh, I agree. So that's the overrated teams, Paul. Who's your underrated team? Who do you feel like isn't being like, and like I said, they can still be a bad team, but who do you think is, you know, who's underrated on there? I have uh, a- not bad, bad, but uh, um, we'll have to see because they've had uh, injuries in some key spots. I'm going to say the uh, New Orleans Saints. That's a good if, one. If from a, a couple of bad calls, they would have beaten the Titans. Nope. I couldn't believe with a backup quarterback. Yeah, that 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 you got to give a lot more credit. Everyone gives credit to uh, Bill Belichick and all this stuff. You got to give credit to uh, uh, Sean Payne there. He he he's turning into quite a little bit of an Andy Reid right there. You know, hey, just give me anybody. Anybody can throw the football. I'm going to turn you into a superstar. Um, uh, nothing's going to compare to you know Drew Brees. Drew Brees made Sean Payne's jobs really easy, but I can't believe what he did with Jameis Winston and then uh, now uh, Trevor Simeon. And uh, uh, Taysom Hill. So, um, and that defense is still pretty good. We thought this team would be uh, cap casualty. You know, they're they're so close to the, the buzzsaw there with their their cap salary, and they're kind of doing it. You know, uh, uh, you know, it's yet to be seen if they'll be a playoff contender. But um, they they beat the Bucks, and they're kind of sitting right there in the middle. You know, they're they got a couple of teams ahead of them. You got the like we just talked about overhyped. Los Angeles Rams, and then you you got Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. You can't always discount them. And then, you know, America's team, Dallas Cowboys, are coming back on strong. Um, you know, we'll see if they actually make the playoffs. But 
I have to go with the, the, the New Orleans Saints. They definitely um, – they don't get their props because, you know what, they're quietly uh, putting together a, a really decent season. And they, they got some stat lines out there, you know, folks. Look them up. Their defense is not a slouch. Their run defense is not a slouch. And their, their yeah. offense, especially running that, the, you know, if anybody's got uh, Elvin Kamara on their fantasy team, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That, that guy is lighting it up. Melvin Ingram's pretty good too. Is their other back? They brought Ingram, or not Melvin? Mark Ingram back. I'm sorry. Mark Ingram. Yep. And I have a yep. good back. Like my team steals him in free agency with Terod Armstead. But I agree with you. This is a very if their quarterback play can get more consistent and they need more weapons on the outside. But defensively, they're a very underrated defensive team. Paul, you're right. Their defense. Just ask Tom Brady how good their defense is. You know, this team, Paul. People forget the New Orleans Saints have absolutely beaten i mean like did the mortal combat of your soul is mine like they stole the souls of the following three teams and i keep telling you this and everyone's like whoa i'm like they have beaten the piss out of the bucks they have beaten the piss out of the packers and they have kicked the shit out of the patriots like and i don't just mean paul when i mean beat the crap out of all they won by 10 these were like what 20 point or more beatdowns. yeah and their defense showed up their defense is legit they are a top 10 defense, and they are really hard to beat at home. That's why I'm scared for my Dolphins when they play them on Monday night. Oh, are you? I got one better for you. Uh, four days from Sunday, the Buffalo Bills go there at 8.30 p.m. on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving game, right? That's a good one. I know Bills fans are like, oh, please let our offense show up. <laughs> like, that's a good you guess. For them too. Like, um, I think that's a good. I think that's a good pick because, like you said, we're not saying they're elite, but they're a definite playoff team. Because Paul, I'm going to tell you in the NFC before I give you my two. I was talking to my dad about this because this is a seven seed team league now, right? For playoffs, seven teams make it now instead of six. That seventh seed for the NFC, Paul. Who the hell is the seventh seed? It's a bad team. Like, yeah, you think of your four division winners, right? The Packers, they're the opposite of the AFC where it's all clustered where oh, the seven team could be like, a you know, a 10 and seven team. You might see a team 500 or less be the seventh seed in the NFC. And I think I'm going for the under. I think they're going to be under 500. Like you have the Packers, the Cardinals right now is constructed, right? Packers, Cardinals, Bucks, Cowboys. With the Cardinal and then the Rams being the fifth seed, which is an easy one because they're one of those two teams, the Rams or the uh, Cardinals, are going to be like a four or five loss wild card, right? They'll be the fifth seed. The sixth seed would probably be your Saints pretty easily. You know what I mean? In my opinion, that's why I think they're being underrated. I agree with you. Who the hell's the seventh seed? Chicago Bears <laughs> at three and six. And that's what everybody else is. Everybody else is like three and six. The Minnesota Vikings? Like, I think they're what? Four and so you're telling me the Lions can lose one or two more games and, and then they'll need a little bit of help. But you're telling me the Lions still have a mathematical chance of making the playoffs. They do. <laughs> Mathematically, they could still make the playoffs. Yep. I don't know if you saw the rankings. Miami has a 1% chance. So they're, they're just, somebody did the dumb and dumber post that you're telling me there's a chance. But yeah. No, I'm going to give my two underrated teams, though. my I have two. I'm going to do the 1B and 1A like you did for different reasons. One is a team that we're going to find out if they're good or not. And the other one is they're a good team of people kind of have slept on them lately. They were overrated coming in, but they're underrated now. My first team is the Indianapolis Colts. Like, ah, Good one. I was thinking that. That was going to be mine. one of mine. 
they don't get talked about enough because they do have a very stingy defense. And if Carson Wentz plays average ball, they are a really tough team. They played when they did their wins. They're another team, Paul. Like people keep saying New England, the Colts have beaten almost every team they're supposed to. They beat the Jags. They beat the Jets. You know, they beat the 49ers. They beat the Texans. Like they beat the Dolphins. You know, and then the teams they um, lost to were close. They lost to the Rams by three. They lost to the Titans by three. They lost to the um, uh, Baltimore in overtime. You know what I mean? Like they played they lost to the Titans again in overtime. <laughs> <laughs> the only team, that, but here's the only thing that scares me, Paul. We're going to find out if they're legit or not. Listen to the schedule they got coming up. This is a like get your booty hole ready. They got the Bills, they got the Bucks. They got the Texans, but then they have the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Raiders, and then the Jaguars. Yeah. We're going to find out if they're good. <laughs> like, Oh, there's a lot of teams like that. Yeah, the Patriots are on that list. Uh, they got, they got you know, uh, the Bills are on that list. The Titans are on that list. Uh, the City doesn't have much of a – I'm talking about the AFC. The oh. Cardinals uh, don't have much room for uh, – what did I say? Cardinals? I meant Chiefs. The Chiefs don't have much uh, room on, on, you know, for forgiveness on that schedule. Um, yeah, it's going to – if you love football and you want to see a tight race where, you know, even before you get to the playoffs, uh, you know, teams really dogging it. You know, hey, this is only week 12. What are these two teams dogging it out? Or, you know, not dogging it out, but, you know, you know fighting it out. Yep. It's it's seeding time, man. You know, both teams are looking at each other like, we're going to see each other again in January or possibly late January. We we got fucking win this, so they're they're back at you know they're, they're, we're we're playing where we want to play them. And then that's my that's probably my number one underrated, just because of, like I said, I don't think the Colts are like the Super Bowl contender. It's just they are, I believe, a playoff contender for realsies because they do play in a weaker division too. They could I get thought it. they were going to be bad. Yeah, I thought they were going to be. I thought Carson Wells, uh, uh, Carson Wentz was going to really show up. I thought they were going to be bad, bad. I thought they were going to be you know. Six wins at best, seven wins at best. But they're a pleasant surprise. And the other team is obviously, I know you're going to hate this one, is the Chiefs. And the sake of, as of right now, overall, they were overrated by a mile because they are their offensive line has growing pain. is pathetic, and uh, Patrick Mahomes is regressed because he, he can't hit the tub or two. He keeps trying to play hero ball. But People forget as bad as the Chiefs have played, and I think we can all agree, not just by stats, the eyeball test, they have played bad, right? Ugly. They're still six and four and leading the AFC West. Yeah. Still a team I wouldn't want to play in the playoffs, at least round one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, especially going out to uh, Arrowhead. Yep. You know, that, that's a good one. Yeah, I have to agree with that one. And uh, I think they were overrated overall. I think they're overrated overall, but underrated as of right now because all you hear about is the Chargers and the Patriots. And, the, like, the Chiefs, I think, would beat both of those teams right now. I know yeah. the Chargers beat them once, but we'll see when they play each other again. You know what? I feel like the, uh, the Chiefs could beat the Patriots, but not necessarily the Chargers. Um, I feel a little bit opposite. But, yeah, I agree with that. I, it would be a very tough matchup for, uh, for both of those teams, uh, have to, especially if they have to go to, to Arrowhead Stadium. Um, yeah, I would not want that matchup. I just, um, I, I don't know if the, the pa- uh, Patriots with that vanilla offense and then, you know, um, that defense, uh, would have to really carry them in that. And that, that would be the one team that would give them fits besides like Buffalo because their offense is good enough to put the Patriots defense on its heels. Yeah. And that, 
them if Mac Jones has to come from behind. That usually doesn't end well for the Patriots. No. No. At least this year. I'm not saying Mac Jones can't become that guy for people bringing up the pitchforks. It's just right now he is not that guy. And there's no shame in that, by the way. You're not yeah. that guy. You're, you're, you're not that guy. <laughs> it's like, I was like, <laughs> you know, he, he's not that guy. Because, I mean, the Saints jumped up on him. And that's what happened. They kind of like, you know. But, no, those are my teams, though. Is there any other uh, teams you want to mention before we get out of here? Any teams you want to do a shout-out to? Uh, as no one said the Cowboys. That was kind of on my list of all the way around, you know. Uh, teams, well, overrated, underrated. Uh, they could have gone both ways because, you know, everyone talks about the Cowboys. Um, They're I'm good, sure though. I hear more about them. They've basically almost locked up the NFC East already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 surprise team, the Eagles. I really thought the Eagles – I thought the Eagles in the – honestly, uh, I've said a few teams like, oh, I thought they were going to have one win or two wins. I, um, I thought really – I really thought you could put money down. It would be Texans at one, Dolphins at half a point behind them uh, at two in the draft. And, um, yeah, they, 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 they laid it – they went to Denver and laid it to them. Uh, that's the game the, – any of your Denver Bronco fans – yeah, you should be thinking the Del- uh, Dolphins. You should be thinking the uh, Philadelphia Eagles right now because they they, they just sealed uh, Vic Vangio's uh, career as head coach of the of the Broncos. That was a bad bad oh. game. Bye bye, big nose. He's gone. <laughs> yep, yep. So no, yeah, dude, that's- I think call me crazy though. I don't think we're wrong about them still though, Paul. I think they're winning in spite of their head coach, not because of. Like, I think there, there's just still talent in that team. Devontae Smith looks like the wide receiver one I had him at. You know what I mean? Like, he looks really yeah. playing okay. You know, not awful. But their play, des- their play design on offense is still trash. I still think if they had a somebody competent head coach, they'd be a lot better. I don't think yeah. they'd be a well, team, What was that? They like, almost set an NFL record. They, had, they didn't have a running back over 100 yards, but they had 217 yards rushing. Nope. They had, like yeah. – they had, like – Five guys rushed for 50 yards each. There was a play once. What was it? Was it one of the primetime games where Miles Sanders, I know he's hurt now, he had one rushing attempt in a whole half. Yeah. And a half. <laughs> Not in, like, a drive. Like, and then Sirianni was like, we need to run the ball a little bit. No shit, Sherlock. Like, four carries? Like, well, they're running a lot now with Boston Scott and – yeah, and Jalen Hurts, and yeah, not as good as Gaskin or not Gaskin Sanders though. It's like I wish they would have done this with Kenneth Gainwell's a really good back. I was pissed they took him out of Memphis, but you know, with Sanders and them, I was really excited to see them try to do things. But no, Eagles are a good one because they're above. You know, we're gonna find out. Don't worry, they might still be who we thought they are, Paul. <laughs> Especially when they play the Cowboys. Honestly, that seven seed, I can see it might be going to the Eagles. They or they might be the most deserving of that uh, of that seed. Right now, because I'm trying to think, is it you, you, yeah, that's the, the, the gem right there. Um, I didn't even think about that because you know, you, you, you see all the power dogs, all the top dogs. You know, I was thinking about that. I was like, yeah, Packers are there, Rams are there, Tim Bay's there, uh, Dallas Cowboys are going to be there. Um, those are all great teams, are all going to be fun to watch in the playoffs. And you mentioned the few playoff, uh, you know, the few, uh, um, uh, oh, I'm having a brain fart, uh, you're, um, the few wild card teams, and after the Saints, if the Saints make it, you know if they can hang on and win a few games and this and that. Who gets that last seed? Who gets that seventh seed? You know, who gets the fifth seed and, and the sixth seed? Okay, those are gonna be some. You know, who's gonna get that seventh seed? You're like, 
You're right. I'll see about it. There could be a team well under 500 make that seat, that, that seventh seed. And uh, who's going to be that team? I'm like, you know what? Could be those Eagles. Because it's there's a lot of three and six and four and five teams after them. That's why. <laughs> That's why I'm like, it might you might very easily see a 500 or sub 500 team be the seventh seed. Unlike the AFC, where there is a shitload of five and four teams. Like AFC, yeah, your Dolphins, your Dolphins would be right in the mix. I was kind of hoping, you know, that some teams would would falter for you, uh, but those teams did not falter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my team, my team for the while, I said nobody's a slump buster like the Jets. Before the Baltimore game, my team was a slump buster. You get a first win, and you get a first win, and you get a first win. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars. You get your first win in a year, and your kicker gets to make his first field goal all year. You know, and then we point to uh, Indianapolis, who was 0-3 at the time. Carson Wentz, ah, you could throw two picks against us. Don't worry, we'll give you the game, you know. And then we lost to Atlanta, you know, when their only weapon is Kyle Pitts. Like, ah, sure, we'll give you a wide-open Kyle Pitts in the last drive. Don't you worry. <laughs> so my team for a while was the Slump Buster. So it, that rain has officially passed over to the Jets now, or the Texans, whichever or. So the Texans have only won one game. Yeah. But, yeah. no, that's going to do it for today. Uh, thanks for being on, Paul. We'll see some games. No I'm we have Thanksgiving coming up. I'm for sure going to watch football that whole day. But we'll have an episode before then. So, Yeah. Last question I have for you is, I know the Dolphins play, trying to there's a little run they're going on. Uh, they play the Jets this weekend. Uh, they don't play again until the following Sunday? They play the Jets and the Panthers. Uh, Panthers at home or away? Who, did Buffalo play them at home or away, or have they not played the Panthers yet? Because they have the same schedule. They have not played the Panthers yet. They played the Panthers at home on December 17th or 18th or something like that. We have the same home and away as Buffalo. So, All right, so you're going to play them at home. Yep. I believe you're right, though. I think we do have a bye before. Because like, we have a really late bye. Miami is the last possible bye week you can have. Oh, that's later. That Because the Patriots have a really late bye. They, they don't get their bye until, like, week 13 or 14. That's Miami. They don't get it until, like, December. <laughs> That's Miami, actually, because, yeah, this week they play the Jets, and the following week they play the Panthers. Then they play the Giants. Then they have a bye after the Giants, and they play the Jets in Miami after. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know, man. I, I would keep out hope, you know. I wouldn't – obviously, one game at a time, but they, they might – yeah, they might be able to shake it into the playoffs there a little bit. But- Games are brutal, though. That's where they the rubber meets the road of if they're a playoff team or not. Because let's say they do rattle off some wins there, even if they go like three and one, right? Their what their last three games are the Saints, the Titans, and the Patriots. So that's where you're going to find out if the rubber meets the road. You're hoping by that point, by the time they play the Titans, Tennessee might not need that game. That and that, and, you know, at least you don't have to worry. Like the Bills had to worry about. At least you don't have to worry about Derrick Henry. Yeah, Miami has one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL against Jarek Henry. What could possibly go wrong there? Right? Yeah. And, you know, that would have been like the game of, like, he would have been suplexing our team. Yeah. Yeah, Ten, he would have missing his uh, rushing title right there. Yeah. Not anymore. No. I'm still scared about the Saints, though, because that is a really good team. The Saints are a really good football team. That defense in New Orleans, that scares the hell out of my team. That's yeah. a good game. Is that New Orleans? Flames, or is that going to be in Miami? Which one? The Saints? The Saints are in New yeah. Orleans. 
some Monday night in New Orleans. Oof, that's yep. going to be, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather play Monday night than on Thanksgiving. Right? That's what people might be sleeping. No, uh, then they have New England at home, which, you know, I mean, that's why I feel good about that. When I want a good old revenge, because if they beat – just like New England fans used to stick it in Buffalo, and just like everybody sticks it to us, like everybody has a team they own. Like Buffalo owns Miami. You know, New England owned Buffalo for a while when they're like, oh, Brady's like undefeated. It's like, okay, well, guess what? At two this week, or not this week, this year, he will be 4 0 against Bill Belichick. Nice. So two I did not know that. Aloha, this. 4 4 0. Aloha, this. <laughs> you know, so that they would be 4 0. If Tua does, if they win this game this year, I mean, not this week because they play at the end of the year, but it's in Miami. So for the Patriots, that's why it was all the more upsetting that they lost in New England because now they got to go down into Miami. Yeah. Yep. And try to win there, which is really hard for the Patriots. They, yes, that is usually their house of horrors game. They do not usually play well in Miami. Hmm. Buffalo treats it like a home game. New England does not. New England treats it like a <laughs> I think Josh Allen gets a suntan out there. That's why. <laughs> he did he did in Buffalo this year. <laughs> he was like, I think that's his second home stadium. Maybe Buffalo can have some games down there in the winter. <laughs> like, can we rent out your stadium on the bye week and play this team here? That's funny. I mean, there's enough Bills fans living in Florida, so there you go. It'd be a home game. There's Bills fans everywhere. Dolphin fans aren't going to their own games this year, so maybe Buffalo could have to sell tickets. So, <laughs> I'll get the sales ticket up. But, no, thanks for everyone for listening. Paul, thanks for joining me. We'll have you back on after the games this weekend, and we'll see everyone later. Yeah, see everyone later. Thank you so much. Thanks.